Hello, and thanks for joining us at Grapevine Church Podcasts. We're into our series on questions, questions. I'm Angie, and with me I have Phil, one of the leaders of Grapevine Church. Morning, Phil. Hi there, Angie. It's nice to be with you again. Yeah, indeed. And we've decided we're not going to talk about the weather, is that right? Yeah, because it's so absolutely dismal. (laughs) Oh dear. I've just talked about the weather, haven't I? (laughs) Well, we're going to dive straight in because we were going to do a different question and then um, things happened on the world scene, mainly Russia invading Ukraine. So we're going to really delve into whether we can learn anything from a biblical point of view at this present time and, um, and see where we're at. So I'm going to ask you the first question. And from a Bible point of view, where do you think we are right now? Well, it's all connected with Ezekiel. Um, Let me take you to Ezekiel 37. Because that's the chapter that everybody knows, and it's the dry bones. So, assembled in the valley were an army full of people, but they're all just dry bones. This this was a, a vision that Ezekiel had. Yeah, indeed, yeah. it was. And we get the bones, them bones, them dry bones, your <laughs> hip bones connected to your thigh bones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's that particular chapter, Ezekiel 37, preceded by Ezekiel, would you believe, 36. 36. <laughs> <laughs> indeed. There you go. Um, Ezekiel 36 is all about the preparation of the land of what we now know as Israel, to receive back a scattered nation, a nation that had been scattered across the world, were now going to return to their homeland. And then that's 36, and here's 37, and here's the preparation of the nation. So the people come back. So the land's prepared in 36, and in 37, the people are prepared. They're assembled as dry bones. And then the Lord breathes life into them and they become a great army. And they come back to the land. To the land. Which then coming back to the land culminated in 1948. 1948 was when the nation of Israel declared itself to be an independent nation. Some countries like that and some countries didn't. Um, so that's, so the, that's pre- the backstory. Then you get to Ezekiel 38. And out of the blue... God says to Israel, okay, nation is back in its land. Now, set your face. So he says this to Ezekiel. God says this to Ezekiel. Yeah, the word of the Lord came to me. This is Ezekiel 38. Son of man, that means Ezekiel, you, set your face towards Gog. Now, Gog was a nickname for the ruler of a land called Magog. So here it says, set your face toward Gog of the land of Magog. Okay, so here is this ruler. So do we know anything else about him? Does the Bible give us a bit of history, a bit of a backstory to him? Or Yeah, well, it does because it gives the, the land... And it then gives him a title, and it could be taken two ways. He could be the chief prince of Meshech and Tubal, 
Now, we'll find out where those are in just a minute. Or, he could be the prince of Rosh, Meshech and Tubal. And the reason it can be translated both ways is because the word Rosh can mean head or chief. So it could mean the chief prince of those other two towns, Meshech and Tubal, or it could be the prince of Rosh and of Meshech and Tubal. So do we know anything about the history of this guy? Where, where does he come from? Well, let me take you right back to Genesis then. So generations of the sons of Noah. So we're in Genesis 10, 1. The generations of Noah. Now Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham and Japheth. Forget about Shem and Ham. What about Japheth? The sons of Japheth. Now there's seven of them. I just want you to, to read you four. The other three aren't so important. Gomer, Magog, aha, uh-huh. Tubal, oh yes, we've had that, and Meshech. I presume, therefore, like like what happens in history, these these um, grandchildren of Noah moved out yes. and spread out and called where they moved to. Yes. After them. Yes. Typically, the, the descendants of Shem became the Semitic races. The descendants of Ham became the African races. And the descendants of Japheth became the Northern European races. Now, get that, Northern races, because that's important. So, these four names are linked, and they're place names. Gomer, Magog... Tubal, Meshech, they started out as being people's names, but then the places were named after the sons of Noah who went and settled there. Do we know exactly where they settled at all? Are we given any clues? Well, we can have a jolly good guess. So, Rosh, if he's the head of a place, guess where that is? It can only mean Russia. And there's continual references in chapter 38 of Ezekiel to being in the far north. Now, the far north of Israel is a place called, get what, guess what, Russia. You can't go further north than Russia from Israel. Interesting. Slightly to the south of uh, Russia, which has a a capital called Moscow, which strikes me as being very similar to Meshach, is a a nation called Georgia, currently an independent nation, but uh, its capital is called Tbilisi, Tubal. So the implication is that Gog rules over the land of Magog, and I'll say a little bit more about how that comes to be in a minute, and also over the land of Georgia and their two capitals, Moscow and Tbilisi. Now, the other bit of uh, evidence we've got that, about that is a guy called Josephus. Okay, who was he then? Josephus was a very, very famous Jewish historian. He lived about the same time as Jesus. And he looked back at history, he was a very, very clever man, and wrote several historical books explaining the history of the nations and of the Jews in particular. 
and he says um, the Magog founded from him those that were called Magogites, there's a surprise, you know, that's, that's not really <laughs> awkward to understand, but who are by the Greeks, wait for it, called Scythians. Now, that's bringing in a whole curveball. Who are Scythians? Well, Scythians is the Greek word for Magogites. And if you want to read Wikipedia on the Scythians, you'll read that they were an ancient nomadic people living in the region called Scythia, which basically is the south of all Russia, right through from Kazakhstan and further out towards Siberia, but the southern side, not the northern side, and coming right over to where? Eastern Ukraine. So the region that we're now seeing invaded, Donetsk and so on, is actually part of the, um, uh, the Scythian nation. Wow. So this invasion could be quite significant. And we'll come back to that in part two. just been talking about the history of Gog, of Magog, and where these places could be. And can we just say again, Phil, that perhaps this, what is happening now uh, with Russia invading Ukraine, there's a, there's a feeling that this is a dress rehearsal. It is a dress rehearsal of two, for two things. One is we're told that this Gog character is not just the prince of Meshech, Moscow, but the prince of Tbilisi as well. Now, right now, Tbilisi is the capital of an independent nation, Georgia, who have just been shouting at the European Union, let us in, let us in, let us in, because they know that if he has, in fact, either way, if he has his way with Ukraine, he may want to go somewhere else, and where would he go but them? And if he doesn't have his way with Ukraine, he might still want to invade Georgia as a, as a sop, to his, you know, um, and from what is, uh, ambitions. And from what Ezekiel says, that Georgia, um, Tubal, will be included in this God character coming from the north yes. towards Israel, but also possibly eastern Ukraine. Is that what you said last time? Well, the eastern Ukrainians are Scythians still. So they are part of in a sense, uh, Russian history, of Russian we... history. Yeah. And that's one of the things that Putin is currently majoring on and having a big deal about. They're all Scythians, and the Russians are quite proud about their Scythian heritage. Mm, I've never been myself, but I've heard that the museums um, in, in Moscow have a, a, a big display on Scythian history because... Like you say, that's what they're proud yes. of. Yes. So. Okay, so let's come back to um, the Ezekiel 38 and 39. What actually happens in it here? 
we've got Gog and various nations coming with him, either because they've got alliances with him or because he's invaded them, and they come from the north to Israel. Then what happens? Well, not just from the north. Let me actually read you the full list. I'll read you in Bible language first. A great host of them, all with buckler and shield, wielding swords. This is verse 4 of chapter 38. Persia, um, uh, sorry, Cush and Put are with them. Uh, Goma, remember that name Goma from the very beginning? where Noah's grandson. Noah's grandson. Mm -hmm. And all his hordes, Beth to Gama, and we'll do where they are, and from the uttermost parts of the north. Remember that this keeps on repeating, the uttermost parts of the north. But anyway, where are Persia? Well, that's Iran now. Kush is Sudan. Put is uh, the north uh, of the south Mediterranean coast, Libya and Algeria. So they're attacking from the not from the, the north, but from the west yeah. into Israel. And then Goma, Turkey. Beth to Gama are the Turkic countries of South Russia. So you're talking about Turkmenistan. It, it's interesting, that list, because, um, OK, you can see um, Russia and Iran now making yeah. agreements. Um, and I would have said not long ago, Turkey as well. Hmm. But actually, that doesn't seem to be happening at the moment from what... Turkey currently is condemning what Russia is doing in Ukraine. So again, we're talking about maybe some other things happening before this particular scenario takes place. Uh, As I say, we've got to get Georgia. Yeah. Uh, We've got to see Georgia, unfortunately, uh, becoming part of the sway of this person. Is it going to be Putin or is it going to be somebody way into the future? Who is Putin like? Mm. We're not quite sure. When these these nations mm-hmm. that you've just mentioned um, come to the come to Israel, what what happens? Well, let me give you a little bit about the situation that Israel's in because that again is relevant to what's happening right now. It says uh, three times here in this chapter, my people Israel are dwelling securely. Uh, he, he goes to this guy, invades the, uh, the land which now dwells securely. Um, Israel had come back from the uh, being scattered amongst the nations, that's verse 8. People were brought out from the peoples and now dwell securely. Verse 11, I'll fall upon the quiet people who dwell securely. And verse 14, my people, Israel, are dwelling securely. Now, are they really dwelling securely now? Well, you've got a great degree of security than they've had for a long time. Because if you remember, since 1948 and before... Um, Israel was constantly attacked by the nations immediately around them. Lebanon, Iraq, Syria, uh, and Egypt, right close to them. And right now, 
thanks to a thing called the Abraham Accords, which we're now seeing this year and last year, all those nations are now forming peace treaties with Israel. Like never before. Like I mean, never before. Yeah. We've never known it. Yeah. And so, so is this even significant though, or what? But even though we, we see rockets fi- being fired on Israel, um, etc., there, there is that... Uh, that's terrorist organisations rather than nations. Yes, yes, that's um, terrorist organisations. But there is the threat of what's happening in Syria, I suppose, though. Yes, but but that's not coming directly from Syria itself. Yeah. It's coming via what Iran, which is a nation which is further away, which will be allied with Russia mm-hmm. in those yeah. days. So the threat is going to advance upon a nation who at that time is dwelling securely. And we're seeing that come into being right now. But the interesting thing is that while, even while Russia was beginning to invade Ukraine, I think it was the the deputy ambassador or somebody in Russia that was saying that they do not recognise Israel's sovereignty of the Golan Heights and in fact are are bringing more troops towards that southern uh, Syrian border that borders on the Golan Heights. And again, as I said before, that's interesting because in the Ezekiel passage, Gog comes where does he come to as far as israel well i will summon a sword against gog on all my mountains says verse 21 all my mountains so not only (laughs) so it gives even more evidence that this invasion is coming over the mountains so what's to the north of israel mount hermon and wait for it the golan heights what are the golan heights well they're a location of huge hills which are fairly flat topped I mean, you know, hills which are miles and miles across on the top. They've got farms and all sorts of things on the top there. And in the past, when they weren't ruled by Israel, they were used by other nations, particularly uh, uh, Lebanon and, uh, and Jordan, to park rocket launchers and big guns... Because all you had to do, you were parked right over the top of Israel. And all you had to do was press the it's button. rained down. Uh, you rained down your shells and your rockets straight yeah. down on the top of Israel. Yeah. So one of the times when Israel was attacked, it took back the Golan Heights. And the farmers became Israeli farmers, which they were glad to do, because actually they're far better off that way than they were before. Apparently there's some good vineyards on the Golan Heights. There's some really good vineyards up there. Um, and now Israel is free from the threat of the Golan Heights. But here's Gog trying to get all Israel's, wait for it, mountains. And what happens to him when he tries? What does Ezekiel say about it? Well, in the latter days, I will bring you against my land. Now... This is one of those Bible things. We see, if we just look at this world, an evil ruler of these northern kingdoms trying to do to Israel what Putin is right now trying to do to Ukraine. Oh, I'll have another one, please. Yeah. I'll incorporate that into my 
rule as well. He's already trying to rule Syria. Yeah. Um, I'll incorporate that into my rule as well. So here, I, here we go. Um, and yet, in the heavenly realm, we see that actually, it's not this guy on his own. He's being led. We I don't, we don't like to think it. about that. Don't though, like do to think we? about it. No. Like a like a horse, like a cow to the slaughter. Yeah. I'm not sure about a horse, but like a cow to the slaughter. Because he's evil, how am I going to get victory over him, says the Lord, and show to the world my greatness, says the Lord. I will bring you against my land. Why? Verse, verse 16 of chapter 38. Why? So that the nations may know me when... Through you, O Gog, I vindicate my holiness before their eyes. God is concerned about his reputation amongst the nations. And so this whole, this whole play out of, of Gog coming against Israel is about God showing the nations that he is indeed God. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And just to sum up, in the light of Russia and Ukraine, what should we be doing? What should we be watching? What should we be praying? Well, of course, number one, we should be praying for peace in Ukraine. Of course, there's nothing to stop us praying for peace. Uh, There may be things to be worked out there. Uh, Who knows? But yeah, let's implore God for peace in Ukraine and for destruction upon the armies that seek to destroy that nation. Um, and, you know, some it, the history of Israel, and I know we're talking about Ukraine now, but the history of Israel is that its attackers suddenly find that they've run out of something yeah. on the way in. Yeah. They've got no fuel left. Yeah. And we can almost see that happening in the supply chains down these huge long... Uh, attacking convoys so yeah let's pray for destruction of supply chains Mm. things like that so that's fine I'd also like us to just have in mind Georgia because this suggests that there's an unplayed out scenario which is still to come in Georgia and first of all keep our eyes open don't be deceived be aware of what, you know, this guy Gog will actually be the ruler of. And we don't want... We, you, can't be, you can't become a despotic ruler without some degree of angst and horror, but to, to minimise that to the minimum. Yeah. So we need to pray for Georgia, yeah. even if it's fate is eventually to be ruled by this guy temporarily. Yeah. But then uh, we but then we live we live with hope. Yes. And we live with with watching and waiting for his return and we know that in the last days dark is going to get darker. But the great thing is the light is going to shine even more in the darkness. And just to remember like you said that it's all about God his glory and his reputation. Absolutely. Thanks, Phil. So join us next week when we have more questions. <laughs>